0: Thank you for tuning in. Today's guest is the incredible nutritionist, Steph Geddes. Steph is the founder of Body Good Food and is doing big things in the industry. From recipe development to running an online detox program to speaking at events and working with media, food brands and companies, Steph is the perfect person to talk to when it comes to building your own business. She's someone that I personally really look up to, and I know that we can all learn so much from her. So thank you for joining me here today, Steph, and I'm so excited to have this chat with you.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having
0: me. So today, to start off, can you tell us a little bit about how you got started in the nutrition
1: field? Sure. So I actually originally, when I went to uni, I studied exercise science, yep. and I had to do just a couple of nutrition subjects just to kind of fill the gaps with my electives. Um, but I found that I just loved it, and I was... A lot more interested in that than the exercise side of it so I continued my course but I actually majored in nutrition sports nutrition to be exact yeah and then I went on to do a postgraduate in human nutrition afterwards yeah so, yeah. so which uni did you study at I went to Deakin okay University yeah. and yeah I actually I started off doing the masters yeah. um and I was enrolled in that and I was also working full-time at yeah. the time so I was sort of coming home from work sitting down, I'd get my laptop up, open up all my books. And I remember I would sit down and I'd go to start studying and I would just cry. And Mm. I would be like, I can't do this. It was just, (laughs) it was a lot to, you know, work full time and study. And it was all online study. But I think the thing that really was getting me was that the content in the course wasn't what I was loving. Yeah. So I do think it was a good course, but it wasn't very food related. It was very okay. much related to like public health and food policies and all of that sort of thing. And that just wasn't really my passion. I wanted to learn more about food and food as medicine and cooking and all of that sort of thing. So I think if I had my time again, I'd probably go back and do maybe a nutritional medicine course or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, but, you know, I definitely still learned a lot from it and I ended up um, not doing the full master's. I just did the grad certificate. So I did the six months and then I just left and, I had to do still a lot of my own study because obviously by then I'd done, you know, two courses and it's a pretty hefty, you know, hit to your bank account Well, yeah. one day will be. <laughs> um, so I didn't really want to take on any further official studies. Um, yes. So I just did a lot of my own studies. So lots of self-study, self-learning, and that's sort of how I got really passionate and really educated about the the food side of it as well.
0: Yeah. So where did you go when you were looking for more information and doing that self-study? Like, do you have any resources that other people would benefit from too? Because I know I'm always constantly looking for ways I can expand my skills as well. So do you have any advice around that?
1: Yeah, look, a lot of it was just, you know, looking up the the recent journals. So keeping up to date with all the new journals that were coming out, um, but also looking at the so I looked up the courses kind of that I wished I had done and yep. I looked up some of their like core subjects and what they were learning. And then I had a few friends that I knew were doing those courses. So I just asked them, what what would you say are your best textbooks that you're learning from? Yeah. And then I would actually just purchase them and just self-learn them myself. So I, I'm pretty dedicated like that. Like I do enjoy study, particularly when it's something that I love. Yeah. Um, whereas I think if someone wasn't very disciplined, that would be a hard way to do it. Um, but because I did love it, I found it quite easy and That's pretty much just how I learn all of that. But then also you just – you're always learning along the way. Like I think people worry about learning everything at the start before you have to go out and work. But once you start working, that's actually where you start to learn the most. So even to this day, like I'm still doing lots of webinars and seminars and short courses and reading books all the time and you're just constantly learning. So.
0: Yeah, that's a great approach. And we still have the CPA we have to do anyway. So Exactly. Constantly. Yeah, you've got to get your points
1: up anyway. So
0: Yeah. Speaking of that, actually, who are you registered with or are you with an association or anything like yes. that? So I'm
1: registered through Nutrition Society of Australia. So once Fast. you have, I think it's equivalent to a bachelor's degree in nutrition, yep. you can apply for that to be an associate nutritionist for three years. And then you have to keep up a certain amount of points yep. um, and then you become a registered nutritionist after that. Good to know. Thanks for sharing that.
0: So that was your studies. How did you now progress into what you're doing today?
1: Well, it's been quite an interesting journey and, and definitely one that I never thought would be the way that I would go. And I think just because when you're you know, considering nutrition careers, it's kind of more of the traditional career options. So you yeah. know, working in practice or perhaps working in a business, um, maybe in food policies or health relations, something like that. Yeah, I probably always pictured myself as a practitioner doing one-on-one consulting, and that's what I really wanted to do with it. Yeah. So when I left uni. Um, I was already working part-time for it was, I suppose just a local gym essentially um, and I was a studio manager there and nutritionist so I got to do sort of a bit of both and they really helped me kind of build up my nutrition clients as I was studying and then when I finished I was fully qualified to consult with people um, so I did that for a little while and at the time well it was my boyfriend at the time now my husband he was working at the same place as the head personal trainer yeah and we sort of were working and thought look we're working our asses off, but we're doing it for someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, let's give this a go and do our own thing. Yep. So we opened up a place called Linked Training and Nutrition, which is in Sandringham in Melbourne, and that was, I suppose, it was a gym, but it was also where I would do my private practice out of. So I did a lot of one-on-one consulting with nutrition clients, um, and that was pretty much my in to the nutrition field. So you know, it was pretty risky <laughs> jumping straight into your own business and. I yeah I had, yeah, really I had definitely learned a lot from working for someone else for you know that amount of time that I did when I was studying yeah um but I'd also done a lot of work experience and placements and things like that leading up to it so while yeah. I was studying and I highly recommend this to anyone that is studying nutrition mm-hmm. just get out there and anything that you think interests you go and do some work experience and unfortunately it is mostly unpaid Um, but it's just that experience you want and because it is unpaid I always say to people there's no obligation for you to, you know, commit to these people and stay there for six months or anything like that. Yeah. Go there, learn what you feel you need to learn, and then move on to somewhere else. And it, you know, you're better off doing work experience at six different places in six months, mm-hmm. but learning something different from everything rather than staying at the one place just because you feel obligated and you know, like you have a commitment to them. Yeah. If you're not getting paid for that work, you absolutely don't have to stay there. Yeah. So I definitely did a lot of that, which helped sort of you know, learn about, um, you know, simple things like how to run a consults and how to um, work with behaviour change with clients and things like that. Yeah. (laughs) So that sort of set me up well to do a lot of consulting myself in my own practice. Um, But then it kind of, I don't know, it took a bit of a turn because I, as much as I loved that work and I still do like it, I found it really draining and really exhausting. Like just the whole Client after client, and a lot of the time, you have to remember that clients are not necessarily coming in because they want to. (laughs) Sometimes they've been referred by their doctor or by someone else maybe it's a husband or a wife or a mum or a dad and they're not really there or they're not ready yet to start making the changes you want them to. So, it's definitely a difficult task a lot of the time. And I was just finding myself at the end of the day, I was really drained and a lot of the consults were quite similar. Um, I didn't really specialize in an area at that point so I had a lot of just general sort of weight loss clients and so it was kind of very you know I suppose a bit the same same. A lot of people used sort of saying the same thing over and over and repeating yourself a lot and you know don't get me wrong it's very rewarding working one-on-one with clients and seeing their results. Yeah. But I started to just get a few opportunities. For me with my consulting it was always from a practical point of view so if I had a client that wanted to eat healthy and they're like oh you know I just eat tuna and salad for lunch chicken and broccoli for dinner and that would just you know I'd be like so heartbroken by that (laughs) because I'm like how are you ever going to keep this up like that's just so boring and so bland and then they they just had no idea really how else to eat healthy so my role was really um creative I suppose in that I'd always write recipes for my clients and whenever I would cook something home, I'm always like scribbling it down so I can show my clients. And that's sort of how the, I suppose, recipe writing started. Yeah, And then I had um, someone approach me who said, oh, someone we know sees you and we've seen some of your recipes. We want to open a healthy cafe and we want to know if you would write the recipes for our cafe. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, why not? Like, this sounds like a really interesting opportunity. Let's just give it a go and see what happens and I absolutely loved it like it was just such a fun experience and it sort of took you out of that consulting role and I got to be really creative and in the kitchen and teaching people how to cook with different health foods and stuff like that and how to balance a meal and all of that sort of thing and I just yeah I really loved it so then I thought I wonder if there's more you know opportunities with this sort of work and yeah I just started to you know put out there I always had a website where I made it really clear and concise about what I offered as a nutritionist. So obviously at the start, it was lots of consulting, but as I started to do more recipe development, I thought let's make my website more about that and see if I can attract some more of that sort of work. And I would share a lot of it on my social media as well. So people could see that's what I was doing. And then it just sort of started to take off from there. Like I found it was a, it's a really niche area, but there's lots of work there because, you know, these days, lots of cafes, whether it's cafes or restaurants or cookbooks or, online programs or publications whatever it might be yeah these places often have you know someone like a chef but chefs aren't necessarily trained in healthy food and mm-hmm. even if you're a cafe or a restaurant that's not necessarily 100 healthy you still want to cater for that audience and so they still want to have those options on the menu so I found that um yeah there was there was a real need for someone to fill that sort of position between you know, not quite the chef, um, but, you know, not just someone who's making up a menu from scratch, someone that sort of had a bit of knowledge behind them and particularly in the nutrition side of it. And it was great for cafes that that really wanted to be that sort of 100 percent healthy and have that real knowledge and, and share that sort of knowledge with their customers as well. Yeah. Um, so then that just sort of started to take off and. Yeah. Then, and then different projects have just popped up here and there. Like now there's lots of public speaking involved, mm-hmm. um, ambassador roles. I still run some online programs as well. Um, and more recently, I just published my first book, which was really yes. exciting. So yeah, it's kind of just opportunities have popped up along the way. And I think it's, you know, something that you, you never can really imagine what's coming next, which is what I love about it. Yeah. I suppose, you know, my role at the moment is really a nutrition freelancer um you know and and under that umbrella is there's lots of different sort of services that I offer so Yeah. yeah it's fun I get to do a bit of everything
0: yeah so many cool things yeah do you find that a lot of these people approach you or are you having to go out and find jobs like that as well
1: yeah look I have to admit I've been really lucky in that I have just most of the work I've got they've found me yeah um but I think you know, in one sense, I say it's lucky, but I've always made sure I've had a really good website and really good social media. Yeah. So that when people need to find me, they can. I yeah. think that's the biggest thing. You know, if you if you want to do work like that, but you're not putting yourself out there at all, how are they ever going to find you? So yeah. having a really good website, having good social media definitely allows them to find you and, and look for that sort of work. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you know, it's, it's a lot of, um, connections as Mm -hmm. well, because people like to have that trust and they like to go, okay, well, if this person's recommended someone, they must be good. Yeah. As opposed to just finding someone on the internet that they're not quite sure. Mm. Getting some really good, um, testimonials as well is really helpful. So making sure you've got plenty of those on your website so people can see that trust and see that you've worked with, you know, reputable brands or people before and think that, you know, that's something that they, they value and appreciate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say that necessarily I reach out directly too much, mm-hmm. but I'm always putting a lot of effort into keeping my website update and my socials updated. And that's kind of my way of reaching out to people.
0: Yeah. oh, that's yeah. great. That's really good to hear. Yeah. Um so, tell us about some of the books that you've published recipes for. I know you've got a few books out there that you're the face behind all the recipes. Yeah, so yep. do you want to share that with the audience? Yeah. so
1: um, one of the first ones I did was Tim Robarts. Mm-hmm. Um, so, he put together a, a book for his 721 method, I think it's called. Um, and yeah, obviously, he's not a nutritionist, so he was looking for someone to write the recipes. So, I contributed yeah. a lot of recipes to his book. Um, that then led on to Sally Fitzgibbons as yep. well. She wanted to do, um, a similar sort of thing. It was a book with some, uh, you know, training programs, kind of surf inspired. Um, mm-hmm. so again, I wrote the meal plans, all the nutrition content and all the recipes for her book, which is a really, really fun project. She's awesome to work with. Yeah. Um, and then there's also just been, uh, a more recent one I did was Shannon's Kitchen. Yeah. So she's amazing if you're on Instagram make sure you give her a follow she's so funny she's hilarious yeah. <laughs> um so that was a, a really fun one more recently um yeah. that book hasn't actually come out yet but I think she's doing the photo shoot as we speak yeah, so that'll be so. out soon yeah. um and the other ones have been more not me as the sole contributor um yeah. but more just contributing a couple of recipes here or there there was a recent one called Recipes for Life that was done yeah. Um, and there's been, yeah, maybe four or five others that were, um, some were other nutritionists that were wanting to publish recipe books, but. Didn't have enough recipes themselves so they were sort of reaching out for others yep. um, yeah um so yes that's, that's fantastic good. and what does that look like there's obviously so
0: much work that goes into like helping someone write all the recipes for their book. Yeah, so yep. what's it's like a time frame and the sort of things that you needed to do for those projects
1: yeah so i mean there's a lot of things involved other than just the recipe right yeah so <laughs> obviously from the start they sort of send you a brief um and you know you're you're not necessarily writing recipes according to your own philosophy or how you like recipes, you're, they're your clients, so you're writing to their brief. Yeah. So, of course, you make sure that you're able to and comfortable writing to their brief, which in most cases has been completely fine. Yeah. Um, so then once they do that, you sort of just work out, okay, exactly how many recipes do you need and then probably break it down further into, okay, well, are we going to break this up into like breakfast, lunches, dinners, snacks, or are we breaking this up into like vegetarian, vegan, gluten-free or... Yep. Um, you know, red meat, chicken, vegetarian, however they want to sort of break it up yeah, um, and do it that way. And then I, well, I suppose one other big part of it before you even really get to that point is the negotiating mm-hmm. as well. So obviously you come up with a cost and, you know, for anyone that is interested in this sort of work, things that you really need to think about, which is definitely something I've learned along the way, because when mm-hmm. I first started, I was hundred percent undercharging people, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, you know, you need to think about, okay, well, when you're writing a recipe, what's actually involved in that? So, you know, firstly, you're going to sit down and you're going to create the recipe. Yeah. You're then going to go out and buy the ingredients. You're mm-hmm. then going to cook it. Um, you might have to even do that, buy ingredients and cook it three, four, five times maybe as so you get the perfect <laughs> recipe. Yeah. Um, then depending what's involved or not, you might have to style that and you might have to photograph it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do offer photo- photography as well. So yeah. um, that's one side of it too. Sometimes they might even want like a recipe video. Um, mm-hmm. So you'd have to film you making it and all of that. And, you know, then you have to think, okay, that, and then you send that to the client, make sure they're happy with it. If they're not, they might send it back. You need to make further edits or further changes to it. So there is a lot that goes mm-hmm. into writing a recipe. And I think people just sort of go, oh, I just judged this per recipe? But you really need to think about your time and how long it's taking to do the overall process. Yep. Um, you know, there are a couple of instances where, some people have asked for a really tight timeline and they said, oh, can we just use recipes that you've already got? Mm -hmm. And I sort of thought, yeah, okay, well, I've already done them, so you know, don't have to charge as much or whatever. But now I've realised, well, no, that's not really how it works. Even if you've already put the time aside in writing that recipe, you should still be charging for that time. You know, it's not just – Once you've done it, you then sell it cheaper to everyone. It still needs to be paid for your time and your effort for doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so once you kind of negotiate with them, and that can look really different depending on the clients. You know, like for example, some clients are willing to give you a lot of credit for your work and, um, you know, social media credit, credit in the book, all of that sort of thing. So for that, perhaps you may, you know, come down a little bit with your price. Um, Mm -hmm. But if they're not willing to, then obviously you want to keep your price the, the full rate yeah it just sort of depends who you're working with and what they're comfortable with doing in that sense um but then once it's all negotiated and done then yeah you just work out the brief break down the recipes and sort of start working on it and I generally go through and write like a concept for each recipe so mm-hmm. instead of writing the full recipe out I sort of send them a breakdown and go okay here's all the recipes and it might be like you know for f- something very simple like um seared beef with sweet potato mash and broccolini, for example. Yep. Send that to them and then they might go, yes, no, can we change this? Can we change that? Send mm-hmm. it back to you before you actually go and write the full recipe. Just saves a bit of time having to, you know, before you waste the time writing the full recipe, just yeah. getting an idea about the concepts. And then you just sort of go from there. So then I go through a testing phase, I write them all, test them all, send them off to them to mm-hmm. test and if they suggest any edits they send the edits back and then we do the final edits and then the recipes are good to go. So yeah, that's sort of how the process works. Yeah. It's a lot involved. There is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and now you're started work or oh, you have created your own planner. Can you yes. tell us a little bit about that? That's yeah. so exciting. Yeah, can't wait re- to receive mine. Actually, by the time this goes live, I will have it. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah.
1: So um, yeah, it's really exciting. It's something I have been thinking about, I suppose for a long time now and originally The idea was around probably more an app, if anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, I sort of had a bit of a gap in the work and that's kind of the nature of freelancing or what I do, that it's not always consistent work. So I had a bit of, you know, a couple of months where I had a bit of downtime and I thought let's use this productively and just give this a go. You know, it's something I've always thought about. While I have the time, let's just give it a go and see see how it works. So, yeah, yeah, it's a women's wellness planner and it's sort of broken down – week to view diary essentially but every month there's a seasonal produce list um, and then there's recipes to kind of make use of that seasonal produce and then in the week to view you've got um, there's like a health tip every week so it might just be something you know really simple like uh, a extra virgin olive oil. Did you know you should always look for extra virgin? It should be stored somewhere in a cool environment, dark environment, and you should use it within four to six weeks of opening. Just little bits of information like that. Um, And then there's also reminders for the female health checks. Um, And this is something that I'm really proud of because I think, you know, it's, it sounds very simple, but having a diary like this could literally one day save someone's life. You know, there's reminders in it about Every month you should do a self-check of your breasts. Every three months you should self-check your skin, Mm -hmm. how often you should be getting things like your blood pressure checked, going to the dentist, um, you know, even female um, sexual health checks and all of that sort of thing and just reminding females how often you need to be doing those things because I think it's so easy these days to overlook because we're all so busy and we, you know, we kind of think we're a bit invincible as well, like we don't really think things like that can happen to us. So it's such a simple task that can really – you know, avoid something very serious or, or very heartbreaking as well. So, yeah, that's really important. That's yeah. Great you've so that. it kind of has a bit of everything in it. Um, I mean, gosh, what else is in there? There's like um, a section for setting goals. Okay. Um, so, you know, learnings from last month, goals to next month. And then there's a little section down the bottom that's like set yourself some goals or tasks in terms of um, adventure and play, development and learning and acts of kindness. Amazing. Yeah. And then there's... um just a section for writing notes as yeah. well. Um, what else is in there? Recipes in there and seasonal produce. Yeah, seasonal produce and recipes, um, which is really like kind of the essence behind what I love about nutrition. You know, I just, yeah. I love getting people to, let's stop worrying about diets and not eating this and not eating that and just go back to seasonal eating. Like it's just so yeah. simple and making use of that beautiful produce that we have here in Australia. And yeah, so it's kind of a, a bit of uh you know everything I love about life in terms of nutrition and wellness and health but also being really organized and sort of putting yeah. it all in the one so yeah it's a fantastic idea yeah thank you yeah, I'm great to see it's great to say how successful it's been
0: and yeah I think it's going to benefit so many people
1: yeah yeah look yeah. it's been going really well so far and as I said it's just the first year so it's hopefully something I'll continue to do every year and it'll yeah. have new recipes and I like the idea that it's a bit of a keepsake as well, you know. I think mm-hmm. there's so many things we buy these days that are really just junk and just end up in landfill, and it's such a waste. Whereas something like this, it's like a beautiful soft leather book that you can keep, and you've got all your recipes in there, and and you know, just as like a looking back, you know, on yeah. where you were and what you were doing, because you can plan your meals, you can plan your workouts, and there's like reflection and gratitude on what made you happy this week and what are you grateful for this week. And I think it's just a really nice way that you know we all have ups and downs in life and when you're not feeling so great it's good to you know you can kind of look back at a time when you did feel great and go oh well what was I doing then how was I eating what was I exercise like like how was I feeling was I socializing was I looking after myself and and, you know you can just kind of reconnect with those sorts of things that make you feel really good
0: yeah it's a great way to tie in all the holistic health things that are going to benefit our health and well-being in the long run Yeah, yeah 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 Um, So other things you do, you do a lot of public speaking as well. Do you want to talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is um, sort of something that has just come, I suppose, um, you know, just naturally has sort of picked up a lot of work in that sort of field. And I think... Part of it is just because, I mean, when I was at school, I hated public speaking. Like it was definitely not (laughs) something I saw myself doing. Quite common. Yeah. But once you are so passionate about something, I think it's so much easier to talk about that. And I just get this real buzz from, you know, talking to people in a group environment and just watching their faces and it just clicking for them, you know, realizing that it's actually not hard. It's not as hard as they thought. It can be quite simple and you know, really holistic. It's not about cutting out food groups or worrying about diets and all of that. It's just, you know, having a really balanced whole food diet where you can eat junk food occasionally and you can yeah. do this occasionally because most of the time what you're doing is whole food based and really nourishing for your body and that sort of thing. So yeah, yeah I do really love that. And, um, you know, for anyone that's sort of interested, because I do get a lot of people say, you know, how did you, how do you do that? You know, like it's so hard to do and to get up and speak in front of a group. And, you know, these days um, with my presentations, of course, when I started out, I'd have, you know, my slides and I'd have a lot of information on the slides. So I'd be like almost pretty much reading the slides to the people. But these days, you know, I just have a couple of dot points up there and then you just chat, you know, you just have a conversation with them and it's really free flowing. And I love people to ask questions as we're going and, Um, yeah I just you know I get really good feedback from them and I think Mm -hmm. it's quite refreshing because a lot of people say oh look we've had a nutritionist come in before and they sort of shamed people and made Mm. people feel guilty about how they were eating and I just think you know as nutritionists particularly in a group environment that's not really our role you know you've you know, our role is to just inspire them and encourage them to eat healthy foods, and and however that looks for them is up to them individually. It's not for yeah. us to say this is exactly how you need to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, giving them ideas about how to make it interesting and fun and, and tasty because, as I said, people just think healthy eating is like tuna and salad and yeah. and broccoli. And so sad. Yeah, <laughs> they don't realise, you know, how many amazing things you can do with veggies and fruits and nuts and seeds and all of that. So, yeah, yeah. I, I'm really passionate about the public speaking and, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm definitely doing more and more of that. Um, and there's a lot, um, I suppose, coming up too that's, that's more about this kind of modern nutritionist role as well. I think a lot of newly graduates and students are really interested in looking at the different careers in nutrition and mine's obviously not so traditional. So there's a lot of people interested in what I do and how they can kind of follow a similar path. And so I'm doing a lot of that with the universities at the moment too.
0: Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. And do you have any tips for people who do want to overcome their fear of public speaking? So obviously they need to be passionate about what they're doing, but was there anything you did or was it more so just practice?
1: Yeah, look, I think it just comes down to practice. Obviously being passionate and knowing your content is really important. Um, But yeah, just practice and practice to anyone you can, even if you have no audience and you're just in your bedroom and you're just speaking to yourself, you know, just practicing it over and over. And you do, once you've had a bit of experience at it, you do start to, you know, realize what bits of your content really resonate with people and what don't. So you kind of know what's going to evoke questions out of people and what isn't and you can kind of you know flow and organize your your presentations around that um but I just think you just have to get out there and start doing it and you know of course your first few ones aren't going to be your best ones but that's okay everything is building experience and one tip that was given to me a long time ago when I did one of my first presentations was you have to remember you you are the person that knows most about what you're talking about in the room Mm -hmm. no one else knows more than you So you sort of have to remember that and, you know, keep your confidence up and and back yourself, you know, know that you know what you're talking about and it's also okay if someone asks you a question and you don't know the answer. You're not expected to know everything off the top of your head and nutrition is so complex and, you know, it's such a huge area that you can't possibly know everything off the top of your head. So Mm -hmm. occasionally if you get a question that, you know, is really in depth or really detailed and, and you don't know it, it's also okay to say, you know what, let me get back to you on that because I want to make sure I'm up to date with the newest research on that topic and I'll get back to you and and answer that question. So it's very rare that you get those sort of questions in a group setting. Um, But I think it's totally fine to be open with people and say, yeah, I'll just get back to you on that one.
0: Yeah, that's really important. Mm. Yeah. So in terms of what does a typical day in your life look like when you're working on your business?
1: Yeah, so that's a really hard question because (laughs) every day is so different. Yeah. Um, Which is what I love about what I do, that, you know, every day is really different and it never gets boring. Um, But, you know, a typical day would be – You know, first thing I would get on and probably spend about half an hour to an hour doing emails. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, running your own business as much as all the things that I'm saying I do, like the recipe writing, the public speaking, the ambassador roles, all of that is great. But there's also a lot of behind the scenes in terms of just admin and general business management. So emails Mm -hmm. and all, you know, customer support, all of that sort of thing. Do you have anyone helping you with that on the side note? Um, Yeah. So there's certain things that I've been able to delegate, I suppose. Yeah. to this point of course originally you kind of do everything yourself (laughs) until you can get to that point where you can you know employ someone to do things for you so i do have an assistant um that helps between my business and my other business link training and nutrition so she does a bit of both which is great so she can sort of help with you know, a bit of social media, um, helping to sort of write drafts of articles and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I do also have a PR girl. Um, yep. So she helps with all of the PR and, and sort of reaching out to publications to do, you know, articles and content and sort of keep those relationships going. Yeah. And then I also have someone that looks after um, our paid social media advertising as yep. well. So I've sort of delegated those areas because... They're the ones that I like doing the least myself. Yeah. Um, and then the rest of it, I still do myself. So still do all the admin, the emails, the financials and all of that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I probably spend about an hour doing emails and just general admin. Um, I spend probably, I don't know, maybe anywhere from one to three hours a week planning my social media. So I'll do that mm. on a Monday plan all my social media posts for the whole week so then I don't have to constantly be logging in every day and worrying about what to post and all of that. I suppose the good thing for me is because I do a lot of my own photography, I have a lot of content just ready to go. I think that's the hardest thing with starting out with a social media profile is finding that good content to constantly share. Yeah. So I sort of plan all of that for a few hours Um, then depending on the day, there might be a public speaking event. So a lot of that is kind of lunchtime learning type things when I go to corporate businesses and do all of that. So that might be at lunchtime. Um, then in the afternoons, um, whether it's a bit of recipe development or working with brands for ambassador staff, Mm -hmm. um, organizing my online programs as well. So making sure that they're all running smoothly and keeping people signing up for those. Um, yeah, every day's different. Some days I'll prefer to do my recipe development in the mornings because mm-hmm. I find that's when I'm most creative. Yeah. So I kind of schedule to make sure when I do have big recipe development projects, I'm doing those in the morning so I can make the most of that time. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's I don't know, I suppose kind of a typical day. As I said, that every day is completely different. So yeah, you never see yeah, know what's coming, but um, yeah, yeah, that's the way I like it. So yeah,
0: especially because you do work on so many different things. I guess you'd get so many things pop up that you can't really plan for, and
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then there's always, you know, there's meetings popping up here and there, yeah. um, and just yeah, little little bits and pieces. You know, recipe development stuff takes a long time because there's constant trips to the shops and you yeah. know lots of um. Cooking and practicing recipes and styling and photo shooting and those sorts of things take a lot of time, so. Yeah, yeah. I think often people don't realise how much
0: goes into it, so it's really good that you're so transparent about that as yeah, well. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And you also run cooking classes. Yeah. So just yes. <laughs> another one of the many things you do. <laughs> yeah. you tell
1: us a little bit about how, the, how they started? Yeah, so I love the cooking classes. It, it's, you know, I'd say it's one of my favourite things to do, however, it's probably one of the most time-consuming because... Yep. The thing is you have to run these classes when everyone else is available to come. So it's generally out of work hours. So yep. I do them on weekends and because you don't get a lot of downtime when you work for yourself, your weekends are kind of precious. So mm-hmm. I sort of pick, I don't run too many classes a year anymore. I sort of just pick weekends here and there where I know I've got nothing on and not too busy of a week beforehand Yeah. Um, and just run the classes that way. So these are the ones that I run for myself, um, but then mm-hmm. I also do run some for businesses and, and different projects and that sort of thing. Yeah. But when I do run them for myself, I run them out of my home kitchen, which I just love because people can really see, you know, what my kitchen looks like and look through my pantry and my fridge and I can show them all my favourite products. And, um, you know, even like my oven and my stovetop and my fry pans, people always just love to find out about what the (laughs) best brands are for those sorts of things. So I go to the local um, organic farms or Grocery stores and collect all the produce, and then we sort of go through, depending what class it is, the sort of different topics and things that you can do. Um, Yeah, it's generally a five course lunch, um, and we cook different things. And you know, the feedback I got originally was that people didn't love the classes where they had to be hands on because. While you're over here chopping up onions, you're missing what else is going on with the recipe. Yeah. So the way that I do it is that they don't have to actually cook anything; they just sit back and watch me cook it all, um, but they get to eat it all. So yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so good. Yeah. And I'm lucky enough to have been along to one of those, and it was amazing. The yeah, food was delicious. Yeah, yeah. 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 They're, they're really
1: fun. They're um. Yeah. It's something that afterwards you just you get such a good feeling about, you know, and yeah. people really enjoy them as well, so it's good.
0: Yeah, and you're showing them the behind the scenes as well, which I think is. Making it really relatable and people really like seeing that as well yeah yep definitely yeah Yeah. um so what would your advice be to anyone who wants to go down a similar career path to you and do the recipe development and public speaking and all of the amazing things that you do under the umbrella of a freelance nutritionist
1: yeah look I think well to be honest I think the first thing you need to think about is whether working for yourself is really what you want to do Um, because as much as I love what I do and I could speak about it for hours on end It's hard. Yeah, (laughs) It's really hard. And there's definitely days where I think even still to this day where I think, let's just give it all up and just go work for someone else, you know, because I could just go to work. I could do my hours. I could come home and don't think about anything else. Um, When you work for yourself, you never switch off. You know, you're always thinking about it. There's no real time to kind of sit and enjoy or, you know, be grateful or proud of what you've done because it's always what's next what's next what's next and you're sort of always continually looking for that growth and so you know there is a lot of pressure there's a lot of stress there's a lot of hours involved Um, and I think if you're not the type of person that deals well with those sorts of things and perhaps that's not the right career path for you yeah Um, but you know that's not to say that you can't give it a go yeah. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. You just go and find a job somewhere else. So, you know, I think if you do have an interest in it, it's worth giving it a go. Yeah. Um, But yeah, just weighing up that sort of, the other thing to consider as well is the income.
0: Um, mm-hmm. You know,
1: can you make enough of an income? And are you comfortable with not having consistent income all the time? Because yeah. because it is freelancing or project-based work, sometimes there's a lot of work coming in and sometimes there's not a lot of work coming in. So, yeah. you know, it can be up and down sometimes and you just need to be, comfortable and confident knowing that that's how it works and that Mm -hmm. if you have downtime there's going to be work that's going to come but you just sort of have to wait till it does yeah um so I'd say think about that first and then just get yourself out there you know Mm -hmm. just start like get yourself a really good website it doesn't have to be fancy I think it just you know don't spend a lot of money on it or anything just make sure it's clear and concise so when Mm -hmm. people go there they can find exactly what they want um, you know, my sort of website has, I suppose, two sides of it. So one side is content and value for the viewer. So like my blog, my recipes, my articles, all of that sort of thing. Yeah. But then the other side of it is simply just my services. Mm-hmm. So this is what I do. This is how you can work with me. And it's very clear and concise so people know exactly what they get from you and how it works. Yeah. So I think having that is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, get your social media profile going. It's a hard one because when I first started out, all my feed was just recipes, you know, yeah. it was just food and food, and I never wanted my face a part of it. But as I sort of started to grow, and I had a few business consultants I was working with, and my PR girl, my, my social media girl were like, You need to get your face on there. Like mm. They will just love, you know, relating to a human and, and building that trust and seeing the person behind the brand and all of that. So, yeah. As reluctant as I was, I started <laughs> putting my face up there a bit more and now I'm totally comfortable with it and I'm even doing those, you know, selfie videos and all of that, which yeah. I never thought I would. <laughs> um, but it really does help to, you know, build your brand and, and people feel like they can engage with you a lot more when they know you sort of as a person and get to see that. And I think some people, uh, I had a girl come up to me at a recent um, talk that I did and she came up afterwards and she said, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm scared about what I share on it. You know, I don't want people seeing that much into my life and all of that. And I said to her, you are in control yeah. of what you share. You know, you share whatever you want to share. You don't want to share yourself. You don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. But people do like to see that person. So maybe just go, okay, well, I'm going to share this and this, but I'm not sharing these parts of my life. So yeah, I don't share a lot about my personal life on it. It's much more about my work life and all of that. Um, yeah. But, you know, I do show if I'm on holidays, I'll show people that and, just generally what I'm cooking every day. And um, yeah, so I do share quite a lot on there. And I think that was a big part of building the social profile as well. Yeah. So I'd say, you know, get yourself out there on social media and on your website, and then just also get yourself out there in terms of networking, you know, like just start reaching out to people. And it doesn't have to be, you know, don't always just go for like the experts in the field, because as much as yes, it's great to reach out to them. They're busy, you know, and they don't have a lot of time. And you know, I do get a lot of emails saying, you know, can I just have a coffee with you and pick your brains? And I'd love to sit down with every person, <laughs> but unfortunately I just don't have the time to do that. So, yeah. but you know, I'll always say to someone, look, I don't have the time at the moment to sit down with you, but send through any questions you have. And when I do get time, I'll send them back to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so reaching out to those people is good, but also just reach out to, you know, other people that are where you are as well. You know, yeah. those sort of, I guess, more micro-influencers, if you want to call them, um, or people that are studying. And just once you start to meet people in the field, you know, you can go to those sorts of networking events to get that. So you already know someone, you feel a bit more comfortable. You know, I personally hate networking (laughs) events. I'm not someone that's, you know, I'm very much an introvert. So I don't enjoy going and having to talk to strangers and introduce myself and all of that, which is where I found social media so helpful because it's kind of more like behind the scenes. So, Mm -hmm. you know, just chatting to people through Instagram, you can kind of build this relationship with them. So then if you do happen to see them out or meet them out or whatever it might be, you feel like you know them already and you do feel comfortable going up and chatting to them. So using social media in that way is really good as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, as I said, just getting out, meeting as many people as you can, chatting to as many people as you can and look, you know, even when you're going to ask people to do work experience or to catch up with them or pick their brains or whatever it might be, people are going to say no. You mm-hmm. know, people said no to me when I wanted to do it. Yeah. And it's, it's totally okay. It's not a personal thing. You know, just everyone's busy and they don't necessarily have time. Yeah. So don't take that, you know, as a bad thing. Don't try not to take it personally. Mm-hmm. Um, just know that there's plenty of other people out there that, you know, might have time for you. And even if they say no, it's not no never it might just be no for now so you know maybe in a year or two try them again and they might have more time for you then um but yeah just getting yourself out there and you know opportunities sort of come from you know people often will come to me and say do you have any work and I'm saying well no because I don't at the moment Mm -hmm. but send me your cv because if something does pop up you will be the person that I think of. So even if people don't have opportunities for you at the time, just, you know, making sure that they know your name and that you're the first person that might pop into their head when something does come up is really important as well.
0: Yeah. And it doesn't hurt to be out there and doing that, even if it's not the right
1: time now. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Because you never know. Yep. You never know when those opportunities will come and you just want to make sure that that person thinks of you when that opportunity does come up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. And I I like to say rejection is just redirection. So Mm, like I I used to be the same where I was like, oh no, but what if they say no and things like that. But the more you just go out there and you do it, you realise that they're not saying no to you. They're saying no because they're busy. Like they're, it's not you that's the issue. And like I think we take everything very personally when it's yeah. our own business or something to do with us because it can feel like they are rejecting us but it's not necessarily the case.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And but, it is yeah. hard to put yourself out there. You know, yeah. you, you think you're just this little student and you're reaching all <laughs> these like people that you were looking up to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as you said, if, it, if it's a no, that's okay. You know, don't yeah. try not to take it personally and just look in a different direction. Yeah, I love that quote
0: yeah um so what is your vision for the future like what are some goals you have and what
1: are you working on yeah look it's um it's a I don't know kind of a hard question because I think (laughs) yeah throughout all my career um I've never really known what's coming next um I love all the work that I'm doing at the moment so I'd love to just continue a lot of those roles one thing that's you know kind of been a newer thing for me but is the ambassador roles as well Mm -hmm. which I love working with brands and you know i I'm very, very picky with the brands that I work with because I do put a lot of effort into you know those brands and making sure I do them justice. And mm-hmm. you know I love just when I work with a brand, it's not just, hey, guys, this is healthy. You should eat this. It's like I really invest time in that brand and I learn about it. and I love telling their story, you know, how that brand came about. And the background behind it, the story behind it, why that brand is so good, the quality of it, how it's produced, all of that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. I'd love to do more of, you know, those sorts of roles. Um, I love the public speaking, but the recipe development so good. I mean, yeah. I, the book is definitely something I want to continue every year. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, I need to keep in mind that in the near future, my husband and I want to start a family. So, yeah. you know, just keeping in mind, I'll probably need to take a bit of time off then and, and how I can kind of, I suppose, set up my business so that I probably am going to need a bit of help and a bit of a team behind me so that yeah. I can keep, you know, the Body Good Food, um, I guess, business running and still have people going out and doing public speaking and things for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just navigating how that will all work. And yeah. yeah.
0: Exciting times. Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see what's in the future for you. Yeah. So sure there's many you. amazing things in store.
1: Hopefully. <laughs>
0: yeah. 100%. <laughs> Um so do you have any advice when it comes to mindset around business um and in one mindset shift that might be beneficial for people or that really helped you progress on your journey so we talked a little bit about not taking things personally just then mm-hmm. but that sort of stuff where um, yeah, it's more the mindset behind it as opposed to the actual nutrition and business skills.
1: Yeah, look, I think the mindset behind it is huge and that's definitely something that you need to keep in mind if you are going to go down that avenue of working for yourself. Yeah, You know, it's it's really hard when you work for yourself because you don't have that person kind of above you, like a boss or a manager or anything like that, telling you that you're doing a good job. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's really up to you to be like, okay, is what I'm doing good? Am I where I want to be? And I think the best way, to kind of value that and, and evaluate it is to go, okay, well, here's goals that I want to reach. Am I reaching them? And I think that's really the best way that you can, you know, monitor how you're going, because as I said, you're always in this growth mindset when you have your Mm. own business. So you're always just striving for more and more and more, but sometimes you need to just stop and go, okay, look, this is how far we've come. This is amazing. Done such a good job and kind of just give yourself a bit of pat on the back because no one else is going to do it and (laughs) and just really use that as yeah kind of your motivation and your inspiration to to keep going and Mm -hmm. as I said there's still days where I'm like oh if I just gave all this up and worked for someone else it'd be so much easier yeah like yes it would be but it's definitely not as rewarding either Mm -hmm. um and you know the flexibility around working for yourself is so great so I think the mindset stuff is really important and just setting yourself some goals, understanding what success means to you um, because it's really easy to, you know, especially with social media and, you know, the downside to having and building a social profile is that you're on social media a lot and, you know, you're reaching out to other people that are doing what you're doing, but it means that you're also comparing yourself to them and, and what they're doing and, you know, we, I think naturally we all compare ourselves and we all look at how good someone else is doing and think, oh, we're not doing good enough. And that's just Mm -hmm. natural for humans, I think. And, you know, you really have to be strong about that and resilient and and sort of look past that and go, well, you firstly need to understand that social media is everyone's highlights. Yeah. And, (laughs) you know, and you have to realise that you also do that yourself with your Mm -hmm. social media. And, yeah, you know, these days a lot of people are being more transparent on their social media, which is great. But for me, social media isn't about, you know, building a heap of followers. For me, it's about being out there. And the reason that I show everything I'm doing mm-hmm. is because I want potential customers or clients to see that's what I do and to book me for work. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not about always just getting the followers and looking great on Instagram. It's mm-hmm. actually about, okay, well, I need to find work somehow and this is the best way for me to do it. So showing people that you do do public speaking or you do do recipe development or, you know, you are an ambassador for certain brands shows them that that's what you do and then they mm-hmm. will contact you for work. So You know, it's really important, I think, to kind of have boundaries with social media, try not to spend too much time on it. That's why I like to schedule it all at the start of the week so I'm not having to constantly go on it all the time. I'm still working on that, but (laughs) I think I always will be. Um, Yeah, so I think just, you know, in your own way, finding that sort of mindset that makes you a bit resilient, I think. And it takes time to build up. And as I said, I'm still working on it these days. But you definitely, as you get more experienced and as you, learn more about, you know, what you want to be doing and what makes you happy and what success is to you, the less yeah. you will compare to others and, and find it, you know, harder to, I guess, run your own business.
0: Yeah, that experience really is so important, isn't it? Just yeah. Just going out and doing it and yeah, learning on the job.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah. So what does success mean to you?
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All the big ones coming out. Yeah, that's a really hard <laughs> question. Um, <laughs> you know, as I said, in terms of like, business I I probably don't even have like a set this is what I want to get to this is what success looks like because I love that new opportunities come up all the time and it excites me to think that you know in two or five years time I'm probably going to be doing something completely new that I'm not even doing now yeah um but I think when it comes to success it's you know it's a few different things like just you know being able to own my own home yeah. You know, and making sure that my family's happy and that I'm spending enough time with them. Yeah. Um, you know, I love traveling and, and holidaying and spending time in other cultures. And that's really important to me. So success would be me having a job that allows me to do that. You know, yeah. and one thing I was actually devastated recently because I got offered to um, do a job in Dubai. So I was wow. working on a cafe in Dubai and they contacted me and said, look, We'd actually just love you to come over and just help us with the recipes, train our staff, everything. And I, it just, yeah, I was blown away. I was like, I never thought this career would allow me to travel for it. Yeah. Um. Unfortunately, because of the timing and everything, I wasn't able to go. Um. But you know, it just showed me like, wow, if possible, yeah, Yeah. if I can do this kind of work and be able to travel and see other cultures and stuff, things that I love. Well, that is a successful career to me, you know. So. Yeah, just sort of more looking at my personal goals and what makes me happy and really looking at what balance I love. You know, at the moment, the balance is definitely more work um, than than life, I suppose, but (laughs) I'm happy to make that commitment now because we don't yet have a family of our own. And when we do, I would want that to shift a bit more. So I'm happy to do the hard work now so that I can enjoy a bit more of a balance later. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, and if there is
1: one book that you could recommend for the listeners to read to help them on their journey, what would that be? So there's this book that I love and my husband and I, we used to have one copy and then I had to buy myself my own copy because <laughs> he was just hogging it all the time. But it's called The Daily Stoic. Oh, um, I've heard of that. Yeah, I'm actually... Uh, the, the Lion Holiday? Yes, yeah. that's okay. it. Yes, I, like, I hope that's the right <laughs> one. Yes, I was yeah. trying to think what his name was. Um, and we've actually bought this book for so many people. But it, what it is, is it's... um. It's kind of like a bit of philosophy and, mm-hmm. um, you know, stoicism, I suppose, but it's um, for every day of the year, there's like a, almost like a, an excerpt of, yeah, like a philosophical, philosophical, is that the word? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, like excerpt. And then it kind of explains that. And it's all about, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's kind of just like motivational quotes and inspiration, but it's all about how to be stoic and how to be resilient. And a lot of, you know, what we've sort of talked about today that, you know, things like anger and frustration and, um, comparison and things like that aren't actually helpful Mm. to you as a person. And so it kind of, yeah, helps you to navigate your way around those sorts of feelings and, and just kind of rising above and being a really resilient person. And, um, yeah, it just, it teaches you a lot in terms of business and, around the whole sort of, yeah, mindset and um, keeping positive and inspired all the time. And yeah, we just love it. And it's so easy because it's just one little page every day. Yeah. Um, and if you miss one, it's fine because every year you will just keep reading them over. And yeah. yeah, it's just a really great book. I highly recommend it. Well, that sounds really cool. I'm going to have to add that to my reading list. Yeah, do do. <laughs>
0: um, so do you have any parting words for the listeners? Anything, any advice that you want to give them before we wrap this up?
1: Um, I think just like... Be um, open and be courageous and, you know, don't um, narrow your thoughts in terms of what you think is possible for your career. There's so many opportunities. Um, You know, there's this space that I suppose is what I work in at the moment, which is culinary nutrition. And it's, it's really bringing together that nutrition education, but the practical side of like cooking and food and And kind of blending them together. And I think there's just going to be so many opportunities out there in that field coming forward. And they may not be your typical, you know, nutritionist or dietitian role. They might be called something different. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's just – there's a lot of – opportunities there for people to find different roles and you know there's so many new companies popping up like things like your hello fresh and your meal delivery companies and they're going to be looking for someone to be you know in charge of their food side of their business so yeah. things like that or um someone said to me the other day that spotify were actually <laughs> advertising um for like it was like food and culture or something a position like that oh, in their wow. new york office And one of their requirements was um, if you're a dietitian or nutritionist um, is highly recommended. Yeah. And I was like, that's amazing. That's the sort of role that a nutritionist or a dietitian could do. Yeah. Um, Which is so not traditional and so not something you would think. But I think there's just going to be more and more of those opportunities popping up in the future. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Exciting times. Yeah. Um, And most importantly, where can the listeners find you?
1: Um, So my website is bodygoodfood.com.au. I'm on Instagram as nutritionist underscore Steph Geddes. Perfect. Um, And, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um my book is sold through my website at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um so you can purchase that on there. I'll link all of these in the show notes as well for anyone who wants to check
0: that out, which I highly recommend. Awesome. Yeah. Um yeah, and that's it. Yeah, well thank you so much for joining me today. This has been such an inspiring conversation and yeah, I know you have amazing things in store for you in the future. Thank you. Thanks thank so much you, for having me. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. I feel like I gained so much valuable insight and advice from it and I hope you agree. If you did enjoy this episode, please leave me a review and tell me what you think. I would love to hear your feedback. Do you know anyone else that this episode can benefit? I would be so grateful if you share it with them. That way, they too can benefit from all of the insight that we covered today. Your support means so much to me, and together we can help even more people build a career and a life that they love. Thank you for being here. Until next time, keep making your dreams a reality.